Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 240. Today is Tuesday, May 30th, 2023. I hope you guys had a great three-day weekend for those of you who got one. Observing Memorial Day, obviously, but the day before was my wife's birthday. And, you know, we had an amazing day. I made her a bunch of yummy food. And the challenge this year, you guys, was can I do it low-cal? So we did, like, breakfast pizza. We did, like, bulgogi, Asian fusion burritos. I did everything low-cal, you guys. And it was amazing. We didn't feel like whales at at the end of the day. Uh, Strawberry shortcake. We did it all, you guys. It was so amazing. Um, it was just a great day celebrating my wife's birthday. Like I said, at the Tharp household, we go hard on birthdays. And at this, uh, my wife's birthday the other day was no exception. So, so fun. She got to open presents, plural, all that good stuff. So fun. Celebrating her. It was her day and it was special. So um, speaking of special, guys, I'm very excited about today's episode. If you guys are listening to this after the fact on Spotify and you are not following the Elijah Fire podcast on Spotify, go ahead and hit that follow button for us. That'll really help us out. And then if you're listening on the Spotify app, you can rate this podcast, give us an honest review. That'll also really help us out. In addition to that, wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can rate it there as well. Even if it's one of those rogue sites like podbean podbean the five people that are listening on there you can you can rate it there too that'll really help us out wherever you guys are listening to this so uh also anytime you guys donate to elijahfire.com slash donate all proceeds go towards keeping this free at five days a week and then we take a portion of every single donation we funnel it into our amazing water well efforts that started in uganda and we're digging a new freshwater well every three days, but they have moved beyond Uganda. And I'm going to play this video for the 50 millionth time because it's exciting. I mean, just look at the amount of people we're doing, like First Nations tribes here in America now. And that list is just going to continue to grow. I'm really excited about it. So let's take a look at this video and then we're going to get going. All right, so my guest today, uh, you know, he was immersed in the OG Jesus movement back in the day. He was also close friends and ministry partners with Lonnie Frisbee, did a lot of ministry with Lonnie Frisbee. He is now involved in the Jesus Gathering, and he hosts a podcast called Jesus Movement 2.0. Let's give it up for my guest today, John Rutke. John Rutke, welcome to the show. Hi, brother. How are you? Nice to be with you, Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. It's an honor to have you on the show. Uh, Yeah, like like I said, I saw you got interviewed by Robbie Dawkins a couple of months back. And Mm -hmm. Illumination and I, my producer, were like, man, John Redke, I'm feeling I'm feeling I'm feeling what he's 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 putting down. And then uh, (laughs) and then Robbie was like, you guys should have John Redke on. And we're like, yes, we should. And here you are. It's awesome. Hey. Awesome. It's great to be here. Really excited. Okay. So John, uh, you know, there's people who know who you are, but there are people who don't know who you are. So why don't you tell people who John Rutke is? Well, I am somebody who came up out of the hippie time period. 
And, uh, you know, it's so interesting, uh, Jeff, because I look at that time period and I'm looking at this time period. And man, there's a lot of similarities oh. from that time period to this time period. We're going to you know, get into it. Uh, yeah, yeah. technology changed, obviously, but but it was, you know, um, the music was changing, you know, it was sex, drugs, rock and roll. Yeah. You know, that was, uh, that was a big deal. Uh, hallucinogenics were a big deal. What are you seeing now? You know, a lot hallucinogenics of that. coming back oh, yeah. big time. And, uh, you know, to me, what that represents is people on a search for reality. And I always equate truth and reality. They're synonymous terms. People are looking for that. And I can tell you very much so. That was my generation back in that time period. And uh, we just, you know, we were on a quest. I was certainly on a quest myself. I uh, grew up in the Washington, D.C. area, somewhat sophisticated kind of an area. But it was uh, uh, like ground zero for all the, uh, like, demonstrations and you know I yeah, there were a lot of anti-war demonstrations back then weren't yeah, there a lot of anti all kinds of, yeah, yeah. And I, I just remember as a kid you know probably 16 17 breaking up the picnic tables down at the washington monument you know making fires and throwing molotov cocktails wow like that yeah you know and i mean think about it like even uh at kent state you know four kids were killed a song came out from uh Crosby Stills Nash and Young about that, you know, and there, so there was a big upheaval. And then you add drugs to the mix, you had uh, Eastern mysticism that was coming and invading the, uh, you know, our generation. Man, I mean, we took it hook, line, and sinker because, yeah. quite honestly, there was not much reality in the church. Hmm. And uh, so, Man. you know, I got stuck into Eastern mysticism. And ultimately became and landed on becoming a Buddhist. And I often say one's one's theology, you know, governs or one's morality often governs one's theology. So in other words, you know, you can pretty much do what you want, but you're uh -huh. still a good person. Right, right, right. Things, you know, good karma, yeah, whatever. And there's always someone worse to compare yourself to. Exactly. So it's like, exactly. I'm not like them, so I'm a good person. Yeah. Yeah. And you're a filthy sinner that is desperately in need of Jesus, mm -hmm. but you don't know that at the time. So right. I remember, like, uh, became a very devout Buddhist. I was right around 18, 19 when that, all that started to happen. And uh, we would bring all kinds of people. This I was still living in Washington, D.C. at the time. Still, uh, we would bring lots and lots of people into our uh, Buddhist meetings. And so one of the times that we brought, I brought this kid that was my age, young, you know, not 18, 19, and he was a black kid. And, you know, we would ask them afterwards, hey, what did you think about the meeting? You know, because they were powerful meetings. I mean, there was a lot of soul force in these yeah. meetings. And I remember this is the first time I'd ever heard anybody my age do this. He said, wow, this is really amazing. But he says, I found Jesus Christ and I had an encounter with him. I went, whoa, <laughs> whoa. It went boom, snap, stop the spirit that was in that room. And the like the older guys who were in charge of the meeting were telling me, get the kid out, get him out of here. Whoa. Just by mentioning the name of Jesus. Wow. I never heard that before. Nor had I ever even seen that with somebody my age. 
so that was my first like whoa what was that you so know? he had an encounter at the the meeting or was he just there as like a as a secret no, agent he was there because i brought him in off yeah. the streets he's just like what is this you know what's going on here yeah, yeah. but he had an he had gotten saved in an encounter with jesus and man i like when he proclaimed it he did it with such uh authenticity and such power i've had an encounter with jesus christ and he has touched my life boom stop the spirit in that room whoa you know man. yeah so anyways i went ahead and i ended up hitchhiking across the country as a buddhist uh to uh california because i was going to go to a college in southern california and along the way i, I noticed as i was getting closer to like you know california like nebraska people who would pick me up hitchhiking were talking about jesus and you know the thing is this the jesus movement was happening at that time period and so it was moving its way to the east coast and it was interesting like young people you know people my age were picking me up and they were talking about jesus and i'm just going man that's never never heard anybody talk about jesus openly like that you know and I was a Buddhist, so, you know, I was very secure in my belief system. So ultimately, I ended up in um, in Salt Lake City, and uh, I was wanting to go into the Great Salt Lakes. And, you know, I would always, like, clean up in a bus stations and stuff like that. You know, when you're hitchhiking like that, that's kind of how you do right. it. Yeah. And, and, so, and, and what people don't realize is I hitchhiked across the country twice. I mean, that was a main mode of transport, man. That is how we got <laughs> And so, uh, so I'm in this bus station and this guy's looking at me from the back and he's a hippie. I'm a hippie, you know, just going, what's up, you know, and we're talking and he said, I have a bus ticket, but I would like to hitchhike with somebody. What can I just go with you? And I said, where are you going? He said, San Francisco. I said, that's where I'm going. He said, you could stay with me and my family and, you know, be awesome. And the guy says to me, Hey, before we do this, I need to tell you something. What? He says, I love Jesus. What? Whoa. <laughs> I was, he was a hippie and I was a hippie. Uh -huh. But okay, well, that's cool. I'm a Buddhist. Let's, you know. So we're, we're hitchhiking across over into San Francisco. And, you know, I'm, you know, I couldn't even connect sentences without the F word, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> as a snow driven snow, man. I mean, it is like, wow, this guy, he's not looking at girls. He's not talking, you know, with a foul mouth. He's not like, I'm just, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. And so I stayed with his family for a week. His whole neighborhood was saved. Wow. Everybody in his neighborhood was, it was a Jesus movement, you know? Man. So everybody got saved in his neighborhood. And so he says to me, hey, um, you know, I stayed with him for a week and he came to Wednesday and he said, hey, John, what would you think about like going to church with us? I said, on a Wednesday? Who goes to church on a Wednesday? Yeah. <laughs> I've heard of that. So we go into this church and everybody in the church was my age. It was like, wow. everybody was like 20 and under. And I mean, and it was packed and there was like girls there and they're like lifting their hands up and worshiping. I'd never seen anything like it in my life. I had no idea that this even, and then the guy that came out, that was so the preacher, he was a hippie and it wasn't Lonnie. I was in Northern California. So anyways, I go down to Southern California <clears throat> and while I'm down there, I had it, it impacted me so much. I had to go down to the Buddhist monks down there just to talk through 
like that encounter because you know i was like wow that was trying to make sense of it yeah yeah trying to get some kind of perspective and yeah so i went down there to those guys and i said hey listen i've I've run into these people called born again christians never even heard that term and they said oh yeah born again christians very persuasive stay away (laughs) of course they would say that (laughs) yeah 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 you know i'm thinking to myself man you know I was actually trying out for a football team in, that, in Southern California. And I thought, man, I need to make this football team or I'm going to have to pay for this gig. So I put all my spirituality, you know, just on a shelf and I called it a day, you know, and just had to make that football team, and, which I did. And then, you know, like as the year went by, that gnawing thing, which uh, Pascal says is a God-shaped vacuum in all of us. Mm-hmm. And it was gnawing at me on the inside. I'm just going, why? <clears throat> Here I am at this college playing football. I'm the quarterback of this college. We've got all kinds of parties. My roommate's dealing drugs. We're, you know, it was party after party. I mean, you would think that, man, this is where you want to be. But there was this hollowness on the inside of me. I'm just going, yeah. I know what it is. I don't know God. So I'm walking up onto the college campus this one day. It was Cinco de Mayo, 1975. And I said to God of the universe, because I didn't know who God was, Uh God of the universe, you tell me who you are. You tell me. You need to tell me. Who are you? And what what are you about? You know? And so I go up onto the college campus. I'm hanging out in the quad with my boys. And this guy comes coming straight up to me and like horn-drawn glasses, pencil in his pocket, nerdy nerdiest guy you could ever imagine and i'm thinking to myself man i'm watching this guy this guy's like making a beeline towards me and this guy comes up to me and he says it's jesus christ that's who you're looking for come on said, dude jesus christ are you kidding in front of all my friends i said wow so what now and he led me to jesus in front of my friends and i didn't care because i knew i'd had that cry going up to the campus that day and I said, God, you tell me who you are. And nobody knew any of those things. And the, the Lord was leading this guy. And he led me to, the, to Jesus on four spiritual laws. And that was the rest was history. You know, it was like, wow, wow. So went home and just started preaching the gospel. I just know. went for it. Well, it sounds like you were already kind of a an evangelist but for yeah. buddhism at the time right you're right. bringing people into your meetings and all of that oh so. yeah no i i led my whole family all of my best friends on the east coast were became buddhists so wow. whatever i was doing they were coming you know so you can only imagine when i got saved you know we had uh like we had to do five on uh seven on seven drills that summer i was starting quarterback and i told the coaches hey i'm done i'm not i'm not gonna do seven on seven drills this summer i'll come back at the end of summer to play football but i got to go home and get my family saved (laughs) so they were going what what are you thinking so i hitchhiked back across the country and in the meantime i didn't know anything about any of this stuff but the guy that led me to the lord sent me to a, a christian camp for college kids that were like studying the scriptures they had like josh mcdowell as one of the teachers and mm-hmm. they had the top 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 professors in the unit in the from universities that were teaching us and they made you memorize like john chapter 15 the whole john chapter 15 but you're wow. already like 
studying and doing stuff. And they made you write out your testimony. I mean, that was like two weeks after I got saved. I was immersed with 200 people my age at this camp. Wow. And when I found out what salvation was and how much God loved me and what the whole, you know, uh, in a theological perspective, what we call soteriology, they went through it thoroughly, these professors. I felt like I, the, the love of God consumed me on the inside. And it, it was a very conservative kind of a group of people. And, but I could feel like I was going to explode on the inside. And I didn't know what was happening. I, I just felt the presence of God, just like, like an eruption coming up out of me. And the kid saw me and he says, I know what's going on with you. But these guys, I can't pray for you here. I have to pray for you over in a secret area by the pool. So this kid comes and he lays hands on me. And the spirit of God came on me so powerfully. I wow. had no idea. I felt like I swallowed a nuclear reactor. <laughs> <laughs> just came on me from this kid. The kid didn't even know what was going on, you know? Yeah. So because the guy that led me to the Lord told me to stay away from people who spoke in tongues. Well, too late. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So over. I had an encounter. Yeah. Yeah. So wow, it was just like, okay. So once that happened, I hitchhiked back across to the East Coast mm -hmm. and everybody who picked me up hitchhiking got saved. Went in led my whole family to Christ, led every friend I had to Jesus. Wow. You know, I couldn't stop talking about Jesus. In the well, what was that process like, John? Because obviously you said whatever you were doing, your friends were coming along with you, right? So you got all your friends yeah. into Buddhism on the East Coast and you come back and you're like, guys, it's Jesus. What was their reaction? Yeah, yeah. Were they like, what? <laughs> yeah, it was really tough for my family. And I'm a twin. I have a twin sister. Oh, wow. you know, and I'm just... And I'm telling these guys, hey, guys, we had to have a family gathering. You know, my, our, my, our dad died when we were young. Like I, I was three years old, five oh. kids in my family. So I told everybody, hey, look, we all got to come together here. So I sat them all down and I said, guys, we made a wrong turn. <laughs> <laughs> it's Jesus. I'm sorry. They said, what? Are you yeah. a Jesus freak? Because that was the term at that time, you know, and because uh, the Jesus movement had already kicked off and was alive and well and yeah. we had heard about these things but you know nobody we knew experienced any of those things so i told him yeah it's about jesus and we need to follow him and i led them all to jesus right there and called every single friend of mine led every single friend of mine to the lord and then we were having encounters with the lord i i laid hands on my brother and I said, not only is Jesus the Savior, but he's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and in fire. And he said, what, what does that mean? I said, I'm not sure, but you'll find out. Yeah, you'll. Boom. <laughs> our, God, our God hit my brother, knocked him off his feet, speaking in tongues, wow. shaking on the ground. And I'm just going, bro, you better get up before mom hears that. She'll think we're lunatics. You know, my mom had rheumatoid arthritis in her legs. So my brother and I, we're reading the Bible. We just believed everything that the scripture said. He said, man, there's a lot of things about healing in here. So we started reading about healing. Hey, hey, mom, why don't you come down here? We want to talk to you. What do you kids want to do now? You, da, 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 da. Yeah, she was an old, old school Catholic. He says, I've always believed in Jesus. You and that Buddhist thing, you know. I said, mom, mom.
Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. We just want to pray for you. Is it be okay if we pray for you for like your your legs? Because she had rheumatoid arthritis. Mm-hmm. Boom! The power of God came on my mom from the top of her head all the way down. So the fire came straight through her body and touched her legs. I said, how do your legs feel, mom? She says, they, I have no pain in my legs. Wow. And so this is how wow. we were all coming into the kingdom. We were not like, nobody gave us instruction. We're reading the Bible. It was like, okay, now let's see, what, what else do we do? You know? So Man. it was, you know, we were not just, you know, uh, we were doers of the word, not just hearers only. Yeah. And so everybody in our circles got saved. So I go back to the West Coast and played football that season, led everybody to Christ. And that was the thing. There was this, I don't know what to say other than urgency that we were feeling that Jesus, we had, we, we had this mandate on us to bring as many people in as we possibly could without even being that self-aware of how people would take it. It didn't really even matter to any of us, you know, we just, and we started to build communities as we were doing it. So we had very strong communities because there were so many of us coming to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So, man, well, and that kind of reminds me, I mean, maybe not as dramatic, but amongst my friends group, that's kind of what happened to us. Cause I was raised Lutheran and then my parents stopped going to church So we weren't going to church and I really, I mean, was not living a a godly life. I wasn't messing around or anything like that. But I remember there was this tipping point for me, which was all of my friends started messing around. They started messing around with girls, drugs, alcohol, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. We were still in high school. And I remember I kept asking myself, like, because I didn't really go like, oh, well, God thinks it's wrong or anything like that. But there was something inside of me where I... I felt, I felt the Holy Spirit at work in me. And now I know it was the Holy Spirit because there was a difference between like, it was all of a sudden it was like, oh, don't do that. And then, uh, and then I looked at back later and I was like, the difference between me and my friends was that I just listened to what I believe God was calling in all of our hearts was to, to, he was drawing us into them. And so after that, you know, so I was raised Lutheran and then all of a sudden my friend was going to a Calvary chapel. And, Mm. and so it was like, you know, and you know, they don't really, they don't really like, I mean, they talk about the Holy Spirit and, and the gifts, but they don't really operate in those things. Right. right. And so, right. um, all of a sudden I went and then all of us got on fire and we started like meeting together, um, uh, and having these like crazy encounters with the Lord, you know? Wow. And, um, wow. and so we'd go to our youth pastor and we'd be like, so, we just experienced this and we would like describe it and he'd be like, Ooh, I would be careful with that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. And then you also told us like, don't worship by yourselves. And I remember even wow. back then I was like that. He actually said that. Um, and I think honestly, John, I think he just got freaked out because a bunch of us kids in that youth group started having these encounters, like mm. Pentecostal weirdo encounters. And we had yeah. no gauge for it. We were just spending time with the Lord and right. all of a sudden he would just right. show up. And so he was like, right. uh, don't, 
don't worship don't worship privately like that you need to worship here in the church. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what he said and so we were like i remember we all thought it was weird we were like okay that doesn't make any sense but whatever um so in the, it, i remember the first healing i ever experienced was around that time we were getting ready to go down to mexico with our youth group and i started getting like feverish chills and sick and i was like oh dude i, I went to my brother who's younger than me and he was like, I told him, I'm like, I mean, I don't know that I'm going to be able to go. Like, I'm not feeling good. And he goes, no, he's like, you are going. He's like, I'm praying for you right now. And I remember it just like, I mean, put his hand on me, prayed for me. And it was like literally the suckness, the, 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 the suckness, the, the sickness got sucked out of me. Like I felt it go mm. from like my fingertips, the tips of my toes all came through my heart and went out like that. And wow. he was like, in Jesus name, you know, so it's like, we were, we were definitely, I mean, in the same boat of like reading yeah. the scripture and just believing yeah. it, we had no reason not to, you know, yeah, so I, exactly. that definitely resonated exactly. with me. I was like, oh man, like, yeah, I was the same way. So. Yeah. But yeah. the only, the only difference is that we were entrenched in sin. You know, we mm. were like, it was, it had really gripped us hmm. and God was pulling us out of real darkness yeah. and it had to be real. It had to be authentic. I, and I'm telling you, I'm looking out right now at the landscape of all the younger, especially younger people, younger than you, yeah. you and below. Oh, sure. And yeah, and they are looking for authenticity. They want to know, is this the real deal? And so we're, yeah. we're seeing in San Diego, a tremendous amount of move of God here Come on. in different circles. And wow. we've done these uh, things called Jesus gatherings. We had one down in uh, up here in San, our, uh, North County of San Diego. And we had 800 people show up to this thing for three days. Whoa. And uh, yeah, we make, we, we tell everybody, look, don't even come to this thing unless you're ready to fast for three days to come into this for three days. Interesting. And, man, does the presence of God come. Wow. And yeah, so we've been doing these all over the country. We did one prior to that in Texas down in uh, College Station, and we did it in a barn down there. But the one we did up here in San Diego was in at a rehab. And uh, but, you know, people just spent the night at the place. Uh, it looked like Woodstock. And man, <laughs> the presence of God come on us. So we're doing another one on the 20, uh, the, the end of July. Uh, in Albuquerque, and we've already got three thousand people signed up. Whoa! So is it just like yeah. a register, and you have no? Is it outside? Is it like an outside, outside. thing? Yeah. This, this is underneath a big tent. Okay. In Albuquerque, the, the ones that yeah, and we do want you to register, but it does cost any money. But you know, we just want. I like to keep everything free. Yeah. And I want everything to be alive, and not be too regulated, but have enough structure that. The Holy Spirit can do whatever he wants to do. Yeah. So how, I mean, cause we're kind of on this topic now. I, I like, I love, I just love all the, all generations. Like I don't isolate myself to anyone. Like one of my closest friends is 71 now. Mm. Like one of my closest friends, you know, I have like wow. all different, a kaleidoscope of ages yeah. uh, of friends. Yeah. And it's just always the way I've been. But, um, so I love gleaning from, I love gleaning from, Hey, like successes, but also failures. And that's, I'm very transparent with that as well on the show of like, yeah, 
obviously like my victories are great, but also the areas that I failed in are areas that I learned sometimes the most in, in those times. Yes. Like things didn't happen yeah. the way I thought they would. So I, obviously you're seeing a lot of parallels between Jesus movement 1.0 and Jesus movement 2.0. Definitely. And you have a full view of that. I mean, and, you know, having worked with Lonnie and seeing, you know, that whole, um, you know, his, uh, you know, the, 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 the trials he walked through um, and being alongside him during that, you know, seeing a lot of that. Um, what, like, what would you say to, to people now in regards to the Jesus movement? Like, are there things that you're like, we didn't grab a hold of this. And if I can, if I can like, if I can preach this thing for the rest of my life and get people to just grab a hold of this, then that's, you get what I'm saying? I do. I do. Yeah. I do. Okay. And, 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 and I, I think that, you know, what happened too quick was we made it an organization hmm. and we didn't keep it an organism. Okay. And, and so we, we made it a, that organization became, you know, um, top heavy. And where the leaders, they now became, you, you became a means to their end and not them becoming a means to your end, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel as though servant leadership is the key to where we're going right now. We, if you're going to be great in God's kingdom, you have to learn how to be a servant to everybody. Yeah. And I don't care how big you get or, you know, I mean, Listen, these guys, I, I, there were so many people coming to Jesus, you know, that that guys were starting churches with, you know, 500 people, 600 people, you know, uh, because, the, you know, there was enough momentum behind everything. And and but, you know, you got to look at the early church. How did they handle these guys were mega church ministers, you know, th 3000 added first day out. Uh -huh. Boom. Yeah. Instant right church. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a couple months later, another 5,000, boom, added to them. How did they respond? I mean, I think we need to go back more to the book of Acts and start to use that as kind of a template. You know, I heard, I heard somebody say it like this. It came out of Jerusalem as a belief system, went to Greece, became a philosophy, went to Rome, became an institution, came to America, became a business. And I think we've got to get back to our original paths, the ancient paths, as Jeremiah says. And it needs to become not a business model, but a organism model of a family that God is raising up, especially in this time period, because the family structure is so broken and people are needing community in a family. And the reality of that community family is the very thing that will propel you forward and what God's wanting to do. Yeah. And uh, so I, I, you know, consequently, you know, almost 24 years ago, I missed a plane to Argentina and I was helping build big things. You know, I was on big platforms at that time doing all that kind of stuff. And I was grieving over what I was seeing in the condition of the church. And I'm, I'm kind of, you know, answering your last question kind of from the back door here, but yeah, you I was seeing that the structure had taken over everything hmm. and it was the systems of men. And these are good people, you know, sure. I'm not, 
criticizing them at all. Yeah, they're people aren't awesome. doing a lot of times people aren't doing that because they're malicious or like, ooh, how can I no, take advantage no, of these no. people? You know, like it's just, yeah, no, no, they're yeah. stuck in actually. Yeah. You know, can you uh -huh. imagine slapping these titles, pastor this or that, or you know, and you, you know, you've got to make sure that 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 thing that that machine is running, you know, at full maximum capability. So that is requiring a lot of money. And so I was on these big platforms back, you know, 24, 25 years ago. That's almost half my Christian life. I was helping, you know, once once you once I started to see what was happening in the Jesus movement where the consolidation started to happen, I was like going, Whoa, what happened? What happened to the family? Now it's like, you know. I, I was in another move of God, actually with Lonnie. We were roommates at the time. And uh, I thought that this was going to be the 2.0 version of the Jesus movement. It was interesting. Uh, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit at a Calvary Chapel in Yorba Linda. And uh, the Holy Spirit fell uh, there at that. It was Calvary Chapel. And the guy's name was John Wimber. And we were, Lonnie and I were kind of circling that camp because of the worship. The worship was drawing us in. Um, and I'll get back to my story about the, you know, um, what happened to me 25 years ago, yeah, you're good. but yeah, this is 1980 when this was all happening. So okay. not that far removed from the Jesus movement, you know, the, the Jesus movement it had relatively short shelf life. You know, I would say by 1978, it's pretty much over, you know, it's hmm. now being absorbed into the structures as we know it. Like, as you see Calvary chapels, that's kind of what. Calvary Chapel came out of was the yep. Jesus movement that mm -hmm. really built that whole move of God. So, but it was the, I don't know, most, I would say relevant, uh, teaching people about Jesus, uh, going through the Bible, because you had to think in the Jesus movement, there was a hundred young people to one old person. And mm -hmm. when I say old person, I mean like 30 and over, you know, cause we were, there were so many of us coming to Jesus. I mean, tens of thousands. So every night of the week, we if you opened up your house, you would have a house full of people. Wow. And they had like little coffee houses and things like that, that some of the older guys were opening up, packed every night. Every night it was because we were so hungry. And I do see that hunger now. But in the 1980s, it was starting to wane and getting organized and you know you're just going man even the worship even the worship music started to wane because it was maranatha music that came out of the jesus movement very powerful oh my goodness you know these guys were bringing it man they uh, you know they they were like the uh the marching soldiers that were going before lonnie would use love song as his uh -huh. like band to before he would get up and preach and Tens of thousands came to Jesus as a result of wow. those guys doing the worship and just singing their songs, you know. And a label came out of that called Maranatha Music. Okay. So once it started to become a business, man, it was like the oil spigot stopped. Man. It was horrible. Yeah, it, it was horrible. I remember, you know, I was you know, we're I was in Orange County at the time and they had Christian night at Disneyland. I was just going, wow, that's amazing. You know, this is like 1977. Christian Night at Disneyland. Yeah, no, Christian Night at Disneyland. I, 
I'm just going, wow, that's quite different. That's so you have all, wild. it was crazy. So yeah. especially coming as a hippie to that, and all of a sudden you're seeing the business side of this thing and how the whole thing is moving. I stomped out of Disneyland just going, mighty Jesus, it's over. The move, the fresh move of God is over. Now it's become this other thing. It's mm. probably you know, something like that. Yeah. Anyways, met Lonnie in 79. And Lonnie and I, you know, uh, I needed a place to stay. So I stayed at Lonnie's house. Lonnie was was headed straight to Africa the week after I moved into his house. And, but we really became very close friends. God really used Lonnie to help me through a very difficult time in my life at that time. And so um, he comes back from there and you know, we were just hungry for God, man. Anything, like I said, I always gauge everything by the worship, you know, however these people. I was going to ask you, God, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. How they press into God's kind of the indicator of where they're at and the time that they spend before and, you know, kind of like building that atmosphere of the presence yeah. of God. So I always judge things by that and, and especially at that time. And so uh, this particular Calvary Chapel, which was called Yorba Linda. Man, did the worship. Wow. The, John Wimber, who was the pastor of that church, was also a musician and a man and a very cool brother, man. He was very he wasn't a, he wasn't a hippie, but he was like, uh, uh, forget the brothers, Everly Brothers, I think, or something like that, that he helped uh, produce their, their show. So he came from that kind of a background. So nice. he's very yeah. uh, open kind of a you know came from a very conservative background spiritually i think friends church so he came out of that whole scene so calvary chapel was a big step up for him so mm. he became a calvary chapel and you know lo and behold lonnie and i are circling that camp and the next thing i know is you know they're inviting lonnie to a barbecue well i'm his roommate so i went with him and they're asking lonnie hey why don't you come and preach at mother's day we actually talked about it amongst ourselves and we thought that'd be a great idea. Have Lonnie, who was really one of the main catalysts for the for the Calvary Chapel, oh, yeah. speak. Yeah. So he did, and the rest was history. The power of God, boom, fell. He said, "How dare us put the third person of the Godhead in a back room? We need to keep him on the forefront of what God's saying and doing." And man, the Spirit of God fell in that place and flipped Wimber and those guys out. They didn't know what hit him. Well, well there's another element to that story, John. <laughs> Is that this the message didn't quite when Lonnie was giving the message didn't quite it was kind of like sucking the air out of the room at first, right? Like didn't he like burp in yeah. the microphone or something? And like no, 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 that's another time. Oh, that's a different that, time. Okay. Yeah, that's a different time. We, yeah. That was our apologetic tour to the rest of the <laughs> leaders of that church. <laughs> yeah. I'll get to that story. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, Lonnie prayed and boom, the power of God fell. Yeah. And wow. the problem was, you know. The power got hit so many people and they were knocked to the ground that there was a kid that got the microphone fell and there was just bodies stacked on top of one another. And he's wailing in tongues in the loudspeaker and the, and the microphone. And so it's blaring and you could just see Wimber sweating bullets up on that platform. You know, so we had to have a special meeting the next night for that meeting. <laughs> you know, oh, boy. <laughs> we need you to know, talk. Yeah. Not everybody was happy. You know, not everybody yeah. was happy. Yeah. You know, so half the room was happy. Half the room was like, 
you know, we want to strangle this little skinny dude's neck, you know, mm-hmm. Lonnie came up there. That's where Lonnie Wimber said, well, why don't we have Lonnie explain what happened? You know, Lonnie gets up there to explain what happened. The more he talked, the stupider it got. You know, I'm just going, oh. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. You know, I, again, Wimber's sweating profusely, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and Lonnie's explaining it. He can't even connect the theological thoughts at all, you know. And, and he... He uh, flipped off his flip flops and he burped because he had stomach problems, you know. Oh, so man. it started out bad, you know. The whole thing yeah. just started out. Bad. I mean, I'm sure you were and probably so, sweating like, a little Wimber, bit too. You're like, oh boy. Like, again, a sweating bullet. <laughs> yeah. And so Wimber comes up and he says, I think what Lonnie's trying to say. And he puts some theological context to it. And uh, Lonnie gets back up and he says, That's not what I mean at all. What I mean is we need to repent. We need to open to the holy spirit and the spirit of god boom just fell on us for hours the presence of god came on us and it was just sovereign you know but i think that the jesus movement was sovereign i think that yeah i think that it was you know people john John, hey we're here Yes. And so we're coming into another one of those times. Yeah. I believe. You know, I believe that we're on the oh, cusp yeah. of a something beyond anything we've ever seen. And so I'm yeah. extremely encouraged for your generation, for the generations that are below me for sure. You know, because I do believe that this is an Abraham, Isaac, you know, uh, and Jacob move of God that's coming. Yeah. Well, and there's just like a felt tension in the air. I think just, I I would say starting in like 2020, I really started to notice a lot of tension building, like palpable tension building across multiple avenues, you know, societally, uh, generationally, governmentally, uh, economically, like all these things. And yeah. and then I started kind of watching, and I think at the time the chosen had started to come out and really take off. So I was observing even yeah. back during that time, there was a lot of tension, uh, you know, with mm-hmm. different, you know, the Roman occupation and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And all these different disciples couldn't be more different from each other. And I knew that, but then when you see it in living color like that, when it's playing out, yes. you're like, oh yeah. you know. Um, and, but then I started looking into when the Jesus movement happened you know and you had sean Floyd and all those guys out there starting to do their worship runs and um and i started Mm -hmm. really looking into that era and what was Mm -hmm. happening during that time and i was like yeah there were differences in terms of this event led to this led to this but the the same spirit was active in that time in terms of like even just demonically speaking the division and 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 demonstrations and all of those things right uh and i was just like and then even seeing looking into the the hippie movement and even just the eastern mysticism coming in and all of that and going like that's like right now like new age is on the rise again yeah yeah I would say even more so now of satanic things that are openly yeah. satanic. Oh yeah. 
you know, I mean, it's not even hidden anymore. With our time period, it was more hidden. And, uh, but this is like belligerent, like coming out. But I, I believe we're in an Isaiah 60 time period. And okay. that Isaiah 60, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you. So we've got two things happening here, Jeff. We've got the glory of God. That yeah. is, man, I mean, wow. I am seeing the presence, power, manifest presence and glory of God coming. But great darkness also coming. They're, they're going to have a clash. They're about ready to clash with one another on a big time level. You know, I, I, I think that uh, I personally have seen more deliverances in the last, let's say, five years than I've seen in all of my time as a believer in Jesus, which is almost 50 years. So I've cast more demons out of people in the last five years than I've done in the last 50 years. Wow. So there's, there's something happening dynamically happening in that spiritual realm for this to happen. You know, uh, they just came out with a movie. Uh, I was actually on one of these kids' podcasts, a couple of these kids' podcasts, uh, Come Out in Jesus' Name. You know, that that takes some cucarachas, man, to put a movie out like that, Come Out in Jesus' Name. Are uh -huh. you kidding me? I mean, it's like there was only a few people that I knew that actually moved in deliverance and, you know, like in a healthy way, not like, I mean, when we first started out casting demons out of people, I was casting demons out of people whether they, whether they have one or not. I mean, <laughs> you looked at me sideways. Dude, I, dude you, I'm coming after you. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's like, mm -hmm. the zeal of thy house hath consumed me. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and so, but now, you know, there, we're so much further along and yeah. so much more like uh, perspective on this understanding from a biblical perspective, serious, you know, honestly, that it's becoming more and more and more and more frequently. And, and so, and even getting back to Lonnie and his issues, knowing what I know now, easily could have walked Lonnie through his stuff without any problem with all the sexual molestations and, uh, you know, all of those kinds of things. Um, because, you know, I've shared this in podcasts before, you know, um, you, you know, the, the men that Lonnie and I were dealing with were World War II people, you know, they grew up in that era. And so they did not know anything about molestations, the damage that it had done to you. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm, obviously they had molestations back in that time period, too, but but not in the epic proportions that it is now. Right. And the kind of damage these things do to people's oh, yeah. lives is beyond anybody's imagination. I personally have never had, thank God, have never had that experience, but I've prayed for many, many people that have and seen God have to deliver from the trauma because these trauma points are where the demonic spirits come in. Yeah. But um, yeah. yeah, you know, anyways, my heart has gone out for, but we're seeing this Isaiah 60 time that we're coming into now where God is about ready to bring his mighty power, his glorious, his glory, his manifest presence in our midst, mm. like I've never seen before. And I'm seeing it like ramping up in this season on a level like I have not, not seen before. Wow. It's very similar to the Jesus movement. I, my, the old school OGs from Jesus movement that I hang uh -huh. out with now, we're all looking at that just going, wow. 
look at this. At least we know what's about ready to happen. Uh huh. You know, we were we were the the old older generation when we were in our when we had our encounters with Jesus had no idea what to do, how to do it. We know what to do. We are very aware. That's why it's an Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob kind of a deal. You know. Yeah. And uh, so you got a lot of Abrahams, a lot of Sarahs out there know exactly how to deal with this, know how to be good moms and dads, you know, no, nothing, nothing, uh, you know, makes our needle move. You know, we've seen it all been involved in it. If, yeah. if we haven't seen it, we've been involved in it. Uh -huh. you know? Oh, you did. Right? So did I. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Bad, bad acid trip. Uh, so did I, you know, yeah. totally understand, you know, so it's yeah. like, we're not far from them. You know, yeah. Well, and my well, and my question, and maybe this is a million dollar question, John, but is why why do you think God is doing it again? And maybe that's the wrong way of looking at it. But we're calling this the Jesus 2.0 movement for a reason. There's these, right? You can see yeah. the parallels. Yeah. Why, mm -hmm. from what you what you discerned maybe what the Lord has shown you personally, like why, why is it happening again? Is it his grace and going, okay, you got like your generation, there were people that didn't foster it correctly. They, they, the oil stopped because it's turned into a business. Yeah. You are yeah. now the generals, your generation yeah. are now the generals. And, yeah, right. and I'm personally like, I know my wife and myself are like, like, glued to, you know sitting on the edge of our seat anytime someone from your generation talks about this and says don't do yeah. this do this watch out for yeah. this like my yeah. wife and i both are just like you know see on the edge of our seat because we're like i don't want to like i know a lot of my generation like the people that are paying attention don't want to screw this up we don't want to say there's you know, a couple so. things that i would say to yeah. that jeff i would say number one that uh there's something very sovereign coming okay it's there's okay. there's this sovereign thing god is about ready to do and it comes like i don't know 50 60 year time segments where god shows up mm -hmm. and the scripture says that the latter is going to be greater than the former okay and you know we thought jesus was coming back in our time period you know we were big on the second coming of jesus so that brought in urgency to the message that we have. Well, now we're seeing it even getting closer. And the promise is that there's going to be a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And we're sensing that that's what we're on the cusp of. And so as leaders, as fathers, you know, you have thousands of instructors, but few fathers. So we want to be good fathers in this thing. We don't need to be heavy handed in it. We don't need to be looking at it like a business. We want, you know, our ceiling to be your floor. Mm. And that is the most important thing for you to understand right now, that it's your, we so want you to go further than us, so mm. much want you to go with unencumbered from the things of the world and everything else that's around us, that you will begin to enter into what God has called you to enter into. And so I can say that God, one of the things that we had in the Jesus movement was community. And so I think God is going to put a strong emphasis on community again. Find your people. Find the living stones that you'd be fitly joined with. Mm. That's number one. Number two, 
I believe that God is going to begin to pour it out like we've never, ever seen, ever. And so it's it's going to be, I shared this a couple of weeks ago in somebody else's podcast, it's going to be like the latter rain movement, the Zeusa Street movement, the Jesus movement, <laughs> all put together times 10. What oh, man. For you, <laughs> for you guys. So it's going to be an accelerated kind of a thing. So you're going to see God plunder all kinds of communities, the Mormons, the Jews, the LGBTQ. He's going to plunder these communities. So now where are we going to put these people? They're not going to, they're not going to be institutionalized. Right. You have to have community. So yeah. that's, that is, there's the $100,000 question. Where's the communities? Well, they're getting birthed. Yeah. You know, I've seen a couple of other people that you've had on here that actually are getting this. You know, one yeah. of them is uh, Raymo. Yeah. Raymo's trainer. It's Raymo's trainer. Okay. So yeah. Raymo. Raymo's got the word of the Lord on that. Come on. Perspective. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like that's where I'm at. Oh, so let me get back to my story. 25 years ago, I was on big platforms. I was grieving over the condition of the church. I was grieving. I would come back from these trips because my spiritual father was a very prominent man. His name was Harold Bredesen, and he was one of the fathers of the charismatic movement. It was having a platinum card into every big church circles, personalities. I was there with him, alongside of him. I went from wearing you know, blue jeans and flip-flops to wearing a suit and tie which was a big transition for me with Harold, you know, but I, the Lord gave me him as a spiritual father and we traveled all over the world together for 15 years. And so, but I was coming back from these trips and I was grieving over the condition of the church. And I thought I could change it from within. Okay. I honestly thought I could do that. And, um, but you're not going to change something that doesn't want to be changed. And that that that's where your your that's livelihood right. comes from yeah. and i am not saying that people can't make a living from the gospel at all i'm not saying that at all i'm i support ministries i help people in their in their quest for ministry so i'm not saying that at all also i'm saying is when that becomes the means to your end it becomes a business you can't get around it yep. and so you're not going to be able to change it you're not going to be able to reform it from within it has to be something and so I was trying to, you know, tread water up a river that, you know, was just too difficult to do. I come home being grieved over that. And then we yeah. uh, we were heading to Argentina and we we're going to preach in a church of 50,000. And my wife was seeing that I wasn't excited about it because I had met the uh, I had met the uh, the guy whose church we're going to of 50,000. I saw an unclean spirit on him. I saw that he was philandering and was philandering with money and all that kind of stuff. And I'll tell you something, I was grieved over what I was seeing with, with that, with that guy. And so my wife, we were going down to Argentina. I missed the plane. I'm leading the team. I went to bathroom to the bathroom because LAX was under construction at that time. While I left, the last call came and I didn't hear it. I come back. I missed the plane. I'm telling you, Jeff, I thought I was going to lose my mind. I'm The blood in my head went straight down to my feet. This is not 19, uh, 1999. Okay. So 24 years ago. Yeah. So I missed the plane. And the Spirit of God, I, this is one of these encounters I had. 
Spirit of God came over me like a cylinder and he said, I'm calling you to do another work outside of the church structure as you know it, to connect the dots for my next great outpouring that's going to wow. happen. Wow. And so that's what I've been doing for the last 24 years, just doing house churches, community, smaller groups, meeting outside, inside, doesn't matter. We'll just meet. And so I'm building all of the, not, I'm not building, we're, we're as a apostolic team building all of these groups of people and uh, just really been super fun, like cheap. Get to yeah, it's cheap. <laughs> you know, like, did you pay for the bills at the house? Yeah, okay, good. All right. Meetings here tonight. We're all good. Yeah. You can, you can make everything work. It's super fun. Uh, you can disciple people efficiently. You can make it all come together very quickly. And yeah. so that's what I've been doing for the last 24 years. Man. Well, let's talk about uh, really quick about, um, I, we saw that you had mentioned, uh, this whole idea of personality cults. Uh, I don't know if this is ringing a bell, but you had mentioned personality cults within, quote unquote, within the body of Christ as sort of a warning. What did you mean yeah. by that? I really wanted to talk about this for a well, second. What, what, what happens is we're making stars out of yep. ministers. And it doesn't mean they don't mean to be that. It's just they become successful. And so a, a lot of people are being drawn to them. And, you know, I've been with many of these people, you know, and I look at them and I'm just going, oh, my goodness, they are living in a non-reality of a lifestyle that is not of the kingdom of God. And so consequently, they live in a bubble that God never intended them to live in. So now they're going to be in their bondage. Now, who's going to help them if they've got a pornography addiction, you know? Right. Who's going to help them through their secret sins, their their secret stuff that they're having to deal with, their marriage crumbling, you know, uh, because they don't want to come forth with the reality of what's going on in their lives because mm -hmm. they're on this pinnacle of celebrityism, yeah. you know. And so, yeah. you know, we we if we don't, there's only one celebrity in this deal. His name's Jesus, <laughs> mm -hmm. brother. You better crown him king. And you better, you know, worship at his feet because the rest of this stuff is a is just going to get in a flamethrower and it means nothing. And we don't want to go through our lives thinking we've got all these accomplishments and it's absolutely zero. We've got zero because hmm. it's all a, a, a flamethrowers coming to every single one of us. And, and yeah. you know, if it's either gold, silver precious stones or it's wood hay straw straw and stubble so make up your mind so anyways we got to get away from that whole deal that has been the demise of the body of christ yeah oh without question without question and i think even like even in my position you know every now and then there's someone who you know sometimes you interact with people and they try to be very formal like oh great man of god and i'm like hey man you know <laughs> i yeah, just i'm I, like i don't i i can't i I cannot stress to people, John, how ordinary I am and that I've been yeah. blessed to do this. And I'm like, if I can do it, you can do it. Whoever you're listening, like, yeah, yeah. like that kind I, of a thing. I will wash your feet in a New York second. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So um, let me see if there's, I feel like there was one other thing I wanted. Oh, yeah. And this is a, this is a big one. 
Uh, advice. It's kind of twofold. Advice to young people who are hungry for the Lord right now, especially with mm -hmm. what's about to burst forth, right? Advice to young people, mm -hmm. young believers, and then advice to emerging leaders, people who mm -hmm. are in leadership, you know, in some capacity that God has opened up the door for them to walk into that advice to those two groups of people it could be the same advice and go. Stay low, stay humble. Humility is one of those things, man, where there's a lot of freedom in that. And Jesus made himself of no reputation. What are we thinking? You, you had better get off of that platform and stop burnishing your image. Let the Lord be the one who lifts you up. He'll exalt you in due time. He's the one who promotes. He's the one who will push you forward in what God's calling you to do. He's the one. Uh, for the, the young ones that are about ready to get caught in this flowing, rapid river, you're probably caught in a stream right now that is taking you to a river. So my suggestion to you is that you, um, you know, it's a kind of a Psalm 24 time. Who can ascend the hill of the Lord but those who have clean hands and a pure heart? Mm. You know, the, these are really critical, critical times. And there's a spirit of fear that's going to come and hit us in this time period. There's a spirit, an unclean spirit that's coming after us in this time period. Fight this fight. Just mm. fight the fight. Yeah. Let the Holy Spirit, let that oil come down from heaven over your life. Let the Spirit of God just begin to move you. Cultivate an ear to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. This is the most critical time for you to hear what God is saying to you right now. Mm -hmm. Scripture says obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience actually comes from a Latin word, which literally means to listen. So if you can cultivate an ear to hear what the Spirit's saying, and then do radical obedience to when he tells you to do things. And just don't, you know, learn how to be obedient to those things. And don't second guess yourself on everything. You know, that's when you're moving in revelatory gifting, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophetic gifting. You, you have to kind of throw caution to the wind and kind of go for it, you know, and kind of bump your way along in these kinds of things. But because God's going to pour it out and there's going to be a spirit of revelation being dropped on especially the younger ones coming up. And, um, you know, look at Jeff. How old are you, Jeff? How, how old are you? I'm 37. How old are you? 37. Yeah, I'm 37. Okay, so this, this 40 and under group is moving at a rapid pace right now. I mean, I am seeing these are the, you know, I would put you right between the Isaac and the Jacobs, you know, you're mm -hmm. right in that little group span yeah. right there, you know, and, 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 but, you know, you're, you've grown up already understanding things that took me years. I actually, I was right around your age when that revelation hit me that I'm to step outside of the church system. So I was, I had plenty of juice and I had plenty of gas in the tank and I still do. You know, even as an older person, I'm mm -hmm. 69 now. So, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, my lamp is full. I'm, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm like, I'm in the game big time. Yeah. 
but I don't need anybody to know who I am because I don't yeah. really care about any of those things. Yeah. It means nothing to me. But what means something to me is that you, you get from point A to point B. That means everything to me. And that your voice is heard even more than my voice. Yeah, because what you're doing is so critical. You and Illumination, you guys are, however you tag teamed up onto this thing, I've been researching your stuff. And I'm just going, wow, man, that's out of the box. Hmm. That's out of the box. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Hmm. Well, that's encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it really is just like a record. I think too, whatever, what I've realized is whatever doors God opens, the sobering revelation that yes. it, it was not me that opened this door. Obviously, there's a measure of submission to the Lord, being obedient with whatever God has put in front of you, and he opens those doors. So there is a measure of diligence and good stewardship that God re rewards, right? But it's done in humility right. and also the recognition of like, I didn't open these doors. Like I just said, yes. Yeah. I just said the yes yeah. to whatever was in front of me, same with illumination and that's it. And there's just this, it, it's this constant recognition that like any success that we've experienced, any exposure with whatever we're doing on here and honoring God with is him it's not us you know and yeah. i think being i think in this day and age i think one of the things that we need to really look out for especially is younger people and i don't know that this is entirely isolated to younger people but with how big social media is now and mm -hmm. influence and all these things we can mm -hmm. look at okay hey john i want you to god says john i want you to go do this thing this podcast or whatever to not make the assumption God's asking me to do a podcast. That means that I'm going to get a million views on my first listen. And if I don't, then I failed and not looking mm -hmm. at it. We're the ones that put those, those kind of things out there when all God said was start a podcast, you know, exactly. and That's being right. content with whatever God does in us during Amen. this time. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So That's important. right. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's good. It's really yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, look at even as an older person, I'm I was feeling compelled to tell and with my friend Ron Junkel, who's uh he's 75, he was a major leader in the Jesus movement. I was just one of the fish in the Jesus movement. Mm -hmm. Lonnie was a major leader in the Jesus movement. So I have two of my best friends that were leaders in the Jesus movement. And so I told Ron, Ron, I think we're supposed to do something to get our voices out there. Mm. So reluctantly. We did it. You know, we started the Juice Movement 2.0, yeah. which is strike the ground is our that's our uh, moniker that you can go onto the YouTube channel with now. And then the the uh, Juice Movement 2.0 podcasts will be under that. But what we started to do was just simply get our voices out there and then boom, it just started to go, you know, more and more and more and more. And more. You know, it's nothing we were looking for, nor nor is it anything that we even can are cons you know wanting our faces or our names to be out there. Yeah. I mean, I've seen <laughs> face all over YouTube now. I'm just going, oh my, mighty yeah. Jesus, no. Yeah, but it is what it is, and you know you just want to honor God in everything that you do. Yep. Amen. You guys are doing a great job. And Thank you. I love your content. I love your you. how you're not afraid to have different voices out here mm -hmm. you know really good yeah 
Well, thank you. Yeah, it's definitely, there's been times where we're like, oh boy, here we go. You know, it's certain people, but you know, it's just like, oh, okay. All right, cool. You know, like um, my heart is for unity, John. And I think that, you know, not being beholden to one denomination charismatic now, but, but really like I, that seems like that's been the, you know, if there's like a, for instance, like Sean Foyt doing those worship things, um, and back in 2020, he did one here in, in Oregon. And it was like, nobody cared what denomination was who. It was just all of us coming there to honor the king, right? Honor King Jesus. That's what That's it was right. about. It wasn't, um, oh, I wonder if this person next to me, what their political affiliation mm-hmm. is or what this person's denomination is. Like, none of that. Because it doesn't matter, you know? And, and then just fixing our gaze upon jesus again and that's i'm hearing that a lot now man it's just like that's that's what's happening that's the burning desire that's it's getting stoked within people like it's just about him man so So exciting exciting. all right well john i would love for you to pray for the good people and close us out okay sounds good father we come to the throne of grace that's full of mercy Lord, we're just so grateful that it's a throne of grace and that it's full of mercy. Lord, I just pray over whoever's listening to this right now, God, whoever's watching this right now. I pray in Jesus' mighty name, Lord, let your kingdom come over those right now. I ask, Lord, that you bring clarity, perspective like never before. Lord, if those who are coming out of like church systems that have been, you know, whatever fog bank that has left them in, that they would find their way out, that they would have some clarity and a spirit of revelation and perspective and have a real revelation of the kingdom of God like never before. Lord, I ask that you strengthen everybody's feeble knees in this season that we're about ready to come into for the great shaking that's about ready to hit our nation. Lord, I I, I ask that you would um, begin to uh, strengthen everybody's little feeble knees for the assault of, that the enemy is going to bring. And Lord, that that the momentum of that raging river would move people forward and what he's calling them to move forward to, like never before. That there be somewhat of a caution being thrown to the wind and a, a big yes that Jeff was talking about, where they're saying yes to the purposes of God to be manifest in their life. Lord, I pray that over every single person yeah. watching and listening to this right now. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Come on, man. That was, that was. This was really great, John. Seriously, yeah, so good. Um, how how can people follow you? Um, I mean, obviously you're on YouTube. So. Yeah. So we've got these. Uh, the, I see that you have, have it under my name on this moniker, uh, but there's one more, and that would be strike the ground. And if you just go to that website, you'll see uh, Casey Knuffman is one of the guys who's moderating that right now. But our, we're, that's where all of our Jesus Movement 2.0 videos will be now being uploaded to that. Although if you go Jesus Movement 2.0 on the on YouTube now, you'll see us in the old uh, things that we've done. Uh, we haven't done a new one for the last month. So anyways, those are the two areas and we'll have uh, we'll have plenty of stuff to take a look at. Awesome. So everybody, 
uh we added in the strike the ground the new youtube channel into the description um but if you don't see it in there under follow john um you'll see youtube.com slash at strike the ground um right there um just hit refresh after this and you will see it there and give them a follow because it's a fresh channel and you know we want to get exposure john and people that he's running with they have a great message for the body of christ so make sure to go show him some love subscribe all that good stuff john thank you so much man seriously it was an honor having you on the show like so good yeah joy yeah thank you so much bless you guys yeah you too man so everybody uh have a blessed tuesday tune in tomorrow we're finishing up our teaching series Renewing your mind with Care Start. So it's part three of three, and that's going to be so good. Finale, grand finale of that three-part teaching series. So you're not going to want to miss out on that. That's at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. We love you guys, and we'll see you then. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. 